Welcome to the Midlife Career Rebel, the podcast created for high-achieving professional women to gain the clarity, confidence, and courage they need to go after and get the life and career they want. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Parker-Walsh, lawyer, social scientist, brand strategist, executive coach, entrepreneur, and midlife career rebel. Each week, you'll learn strategies to manage your mind, navigate the challenges of midlife, and take control of your career so you can thrive doing the work you love. So if you're ready to tear up that rule book and create your own, you're in the right place. And I can't wait to show you how. Hey Rebels, welcome back to season six of the podcast. I hope you've missed me. (laughs) I'm excited about the season because I want to talk about women in careers and leadership and organizations and I'm not going to do it from the typical maybe leadership perspective you may be used to and probably have heard over and over again. I really want to go deeper and I want to use this opportunity to dismantle the oppressive and patriarchal nature of leadership and women in leadership that have really kept women from owning their power and significance. And I want to talk about how societal conditioning has kept women from expressing feminine leadership that's embedded in a supportive coaching or consultative type of leadership. And the type of leadership that so many organizations right now are desperately trying to emulate, that so many organizations need to emulate if they want to enhance innovation, growth, and profitability within their companies by really leaning into and helping women in organizations rise to and thrive in positions of leadership. So I want to equip you, whether you're a high potential, emerging, or executive leader, with a deep level of self-awareness, the self-awareness I think you need to successfully thrive in places and spaces you're in and not just survive them, right? I want to disrupt the status quo. I want to challenge the industry bullshit and empower you to do the same, right? Now, if you're listening, thinking, "Uh uh-oh, oh shit, (laughs) or feeling a little uncomfortable, good, I want you just to stick with me, right? Uncomfortability, right? Discomfort is a currency of dreams. My mentor told me that once, and I think that's so powerful. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, great, because maybe this is the time for you to be on the precipice of something new and something different. This is such an amazing year. I'm feeling a lot of energy this year, and I'm really feeling like this is the time to disrupt the status quo, right? To challenge it, to turn it on its head so that we can actually step and rise in our significance, in our brilliance, and really be recognized for what it is that we have to bring to the table. So today we're starting a four-part series called The Four Levels of Careerist. And I want to talk about what they are, what the thinking and beliefs are at this level, and how it impacts women at these levels around both career and in leadership, and what to really be thinking about them. And let me first start by explaining why I use the word careerist, because if you've heard of that word before, it's considered to have a derogatory meaning. So by definition... A careerist is defined as someone who thinks that their personal success in their job is more important than the principles and aims of the work that they're doing. Or in other words, that advancing their career is more important than their own values and integrity. It's like like this by any means necessary thing. I'm going to succeed, rise to the lo- rise the ladder and get the most out of what I can get in my career. So a careerist will do pretty much whatever it takes to advance in their to get career success. But I don't really see this as a derogatory term. I really see this as conditioning. 
And what I mean by that is the condition created by how our society has structured work and career success through a patriarchal lens of winner takes all. Or if you're familiar with the movie Talladega Nights and Will Ferrell, who plays Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last, right? So careerists are simply those who are plugged into that societal matrix that teaches us to sacrifice all for career success. And the reason I say it's a patriarchal system is because it was never designed for women or with women in mind. I mean, think about it. That's why it's taken years to get things like maternity leave or FMLA. And frankly, that's still a shit show. It's why women have left the workplace in droves because they need greater flexibility and support to do their work and maintain their household. Now, while it shouldn't be just a woman's responsibility to maintain the household, let's face it, that's what happens. We do it to our detriment. We do it because we're designed to do it. We do it because we love to do it. Whatever the reason is, whether or not there's co-parenting or others in the house, women still take on, if not the physical demands of running a household, the mental stress and emotional demands of doing it. And we do it nonetheless. And most career ladders and progression pathways don't account for that. Ergo, that's why we're in the midst of what's called now the great breakup and why one out of four women have left and continue to leave the workplace saying, fuck this bullshit. I mean, even the prime minister of New Zealand recently resigned her position because she said, quote unquote, she no longer had enough in the tank to do the job. I mean, let's face it. We are in a crisis and have been since the pandemic. I mean, we've been in longer before the pandemic, but it's definitely reared its head in a very, very powerful way. And that's why with all of these things that are happening and constantly year after year after year, we're hearing the same issues, wanting the same demands and still not seeing the progression that we need to be making in the workplace. I think it's time to do something different. I mean, after all, it's 2023, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Well, I'm all for trying something new. So that's why I wanted to explore these ways in which we're plugged into that system so that we can wake up and go after what's important and what matters. And hey, listen, if you're happy where you are, God bless you and be grateful that you found that sense of joy and contentment. Hold on to that tightly and ride that wave as long as you possibly can. But if on the other hand, you're running on autopilot, you feel trapped by a system you didn't create and feel you're without any support to challenge the status quo and get what you want, then as Whoopi said in Sister Act 2, my friends, you better wake up and pay attention. So when I say careerist, just think The Matrix, right? You should be familiar with the movie. And I've talked about it before. It's like one of my faves. And the reason I love it is because it's about a system of control that we're in and unconsciously follow, right? That's what the movie is. And that's what to me careerists are, like it's a matrix. And then think of me as Neo or Morpheus, or better yet, screw that. Think of me as Trinity, because he's such a badass, (laughs) working to free as many minds as possible. So that's where we are. So let me start by telling you the four levels and then we'll dig in. So there's Drifter, Hustler, Establish, and Rebel. And today we're going to talk about the Drifter and all of what that means for you and if you see yourself at this level. And listen, I want you to know very clearly there's always the option to change. You get to change your future. There's always possibility in future. 
which is so fucking amazing and exciting when I think about it, right? You should be exciting that the future isn't written. So there's always opportunities to create something new. And as Maya Angelou said, if you don't like something, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. The path to change, self-development, improvement is always self-awareness. That's always where it begins. So this is designed to give you a sense of that awareness, to help you take control and make the decisions you want and need to make for yourself and your career. Because as Maya Angelou also said, when you know better, you can do better. So let's go. Now, I've talked about these four levels before on social media and in webinars and masterclasses. So if you've been following me for a minute, this ain't new shit. But I'm talking about them probably in ways you never heard me talk about them. And this space gives me a little bit more room to break this stuff down so you can really understand each of these levels and how they may be impacting you if you're on one of them. Now, throughout my almost 30-year career coaching, training, leading, researching, and supporting women in their career pathways in a variety of roles, industries, and occupations, I've been able to create these categorizations. And listen, these are not categories you're going to read in books or see anywhere else because they're proprietary and unique to me. And I've used my knowledge and experience and research and experience to really understand and develop these um, different levels. So the first level we're talking about today, as I said, is the drifter. And while this is not a level most high achieving women sit at, there are still too many women stuck at this level because they've been fully indoctrinated into the patriarchal and oppressive work system. They've watched their parents work within the system, their family, their peers, their friends, and they basically just accepted that this is as good as it gets. And even if they haven't accepted it, they definitely believe there's nothing they can do about it. So listen, at this level, women mostly feel victimized by the system. And you know what? They're right, because it's not their fault. So as a result, most women at this level feel stuck and haven't been able to or really even try to realize their full potential value and worth. And in fact, they're most likely questioning it every day, right? This is where you see severe levels of doubt and imposter syndrome and unable to believe in themselves and what's possible, that they're very, very limited by the external validation or what they think they can do versus what they believe is possible for them, right? So women at this level often feel very trapped and unhappy with their jobs, but they resolve themselves to believe that's just the way it is. After all, isn't that why we call work work? They've accepted as a fact that their jobs are nothing more than a means to an end, as a paycheck to pay bills, cover tuition costs and a variety of other childcare expenses, and to cover things like rent or mortgage to keep a roof over their heads and their families' heads. Now, I also call them drifters because they're often in positions that are highly susceptible to external circumstances and conditions like a pandemic, recession, downsizing, right-sizing, layoffs, reorgs, and company shutdowns. They're also more likely to work in positions where they have little to no agency and are often at the mercy in many ways to the company climate, culture, or just plain bad management. When they look for jobs or go after other positions, the focus is primarily on a decent title, good insurance and benefits and pay. I mean, for most people, those things are important, but for the drifter, they will definitely compromise other things as long as these core needs are met. Things like job satisfaction, upward mobility, training programs, education reimbursement, having an inclusive culture and equitable treatment, while they're considered to be nice to haves, They're not really the make or break that's going to make them take or deny taking a job. 
Why? Well, first, while these things, like I said, are nice to have, they're not overly expected, right? And they also subscribe to the idea that, well, if I just keep my head down and work hard, everything's going to work out. So they're often very singularly focused on just doing their work and not overly interested in what's happening around them or in the company culture. So that's why oftentimes if things are going awry in different places, while they may not like it, and maybe they complain to their friends, they're like, that's just part of the way it is, right? That's just the this, what you have to deal with and what you have to go along to get along. Now, the myth of this level is basically more money, less problems, right? Or the higher the pay, the more job happiness. So there's no problem for the drifter to leave one job for a better job, right? And on and on and on. So they may find themselves job hopping, right? They may be someplace for a year, two years, six months, because as soon as a new or better opportunity comes into play, they're going to take it. Or as I said, they're more susceptible to being at places where there may be layoffs or reorgs and be impacted by that as well. And listen, we live in a capitalist system where money rules all. So it's really not shocking that drifters are extrinsically motivated and focus on external rewards like income. As a society, we don't promote intrinsic values as motivators. You know, it's not about, you know, who you are or what you do in the world. It's about the money you make. And let me just say, I love money and have nothing against it. So don't get it twisted that I'm thinking, oh, it's horrible that their focus is on money. But money is not the path to career happiness, because if it were, then there wouldn't be so many studies showing that 87% of people are unhappy with their jobs, or that one out of four women are quitting their jobs, right? You see what I'm saying? So if money were the answer to happiness, which is the mythology that drifters believe, then we wouldn't be in these situations. There wouldn't have been the great resignation. There wouldn't have been all of those things that we've seen over the last couple of years and will continue to see moving forward. So while money is an important factor, it's not the only factor, but for the drifter, it, it really is a primary factor. But the real issue here, however, is that there's a lot of conditioning and fear and little to no confidence or belief that it's possible to have a career doing meaningful work and getting paid well to do it. There's also little to no confidence or belief in their ability that they can do something more than what they're doing now. So they're often limited to taking whatever someone offers versus being picky and cheesy about something that really matches against their skills and abilities. I mean, think back to when you may have told your mom or dad when you were little and they asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you said a ballerina or singer. Right. And they said, oh, that's cute, honey. But when you grow up, you're going to get a real job. You're going to have bills to pay. Right. So our ideas of going after things that we love or doing our passion and purpose have been dashed for decades. And in fact, you hear people say you can never do what you love. You just need to work. So a lot of us have bought into that fallacy. And now, granted, some of y'all were saved when they told you that because you couldn't dance or sing to save your life. But you get what I'm saying. Right. So now that you're grown and trapped in this cycle, your fear of what will happen if you lose everything that you've worked so hard for gives you little to no interest in taking any risks about what could be possible for you, right? The idea of the reality versus the possibility 
in every case, reality is going to rule. Because if you risk going after a dream or a passion or something that could be great for you and you end up losing everything you've worked for, that would be devastating. And that's just a risk most drifters will not take. And over time, after years of living within the matrix mindset, they don't see any way out, right? You'll hear things like, well, it's just too late for me, or I'm too old, or I don't have enough skills or the right education to go after something new or different. And honestly, that's just fear talking. But at this point, they're held hostage by it because they can't see a pathway out. At this point, it's just about survival and meeting their basic physiological and safety needs, right? Those two lower levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like that is primary. So how to move from this level into one of the higher levels? Well, I want to be real with you that admittedly, what keeps someone at the drifter level is primarily the social conditioning and patriarchal bullshit that created the narrative and belief in the permanency and unchangeable nature of where they are and the position that they're in. So until they can change that myth or break free from that way of thinking and believe in the possibility for more, it's going to be really, really hard to move. The primitive brain will send out all kind of alerts and messages to keep you right where you are. It's really like what Morpheus told Neo, not every mind can be freed. Now, as leaders, drifters will often be the ones who are micromanaging. They'll be authoritative in their approach and won't be interested in fostering team growth or development, mostly because they haven't engaged in it for themselves. Or if they did try to do team development, it probably wouldn't be well received by the team because it would be more individually focused as opposed to really thinking about what's best for the team. So if you're being led by someone who's a drifter, don't look for them to help you with any promotional or career advancement opportunities, right? Especially in any way that may be meaningful for you. You'll have to work around them, but you're going to need to be careful because they may see that as a challenge to their leadership or usurping their authority. So finding a mentor or a sponsor or an organization may be the best route for you, right? So that you can get some level of support around, you know, whoever you're working for that may be stifling your ability to really advance, right? Don't take it personal. Don't internalize it. Just be strategic about what you may need to do if you have a drifter as a leader. And if you're a leader and a drifter, these are some things you may want to take into consideration and try to engage in some level of leadership or self-development so that you can think more broadly about what it means to lead a team and to support a team. Now, if I'm striking some nerves and you're having an awakening that maybe you've been a drifter all these years, I want you to know, and I've said this before, it is possible to move out of the level. But I want you to know it's going to be hard. That's just the one thing I want to emphasize, right? And it's only hard because it's a well-established way of being. And anytime we're well-established in a way of thinking and being, it takes a little bit more work to move ourselves out of it. Because first we have to see that we don't want it or that where we're at isn't the most optimal place to be. So that's the first step. And if we can see that, then there's a possibility for change. But often drifters don't see a problem, right? And if they do, they really don't see that there's really any way out of it realistically. So, but that's the beauty of it, right? There's always an ability to step into your most desired level if you're willing to do the work. That's the beauty of looking to the future of possibility. 
So if you're ready to free your mind and jump off this level, I want to give you some books to read and maybe a few podcast episodes to listen to, to help expand your current way of thinking and belief system. And to be honest with you, at this level, you may not be ready for a coach. So I would not make that your first move, right? I am a coach. I've worked with so many women. I have seen women at this level. And this is not the level where you want to engage a coach. You want first to fix and you'll want them to fix and solve things for you, which they cannot do, right? So even if they could actually try to solve this for you, you're going to fight them every step of the way or question their process or really be steeped in a lot of denial because there's a lot of self-work and fear that you're going to have to get over before you can engage and enlist the help of others. So start working on yourself before you enlist others to help you. Now, I suggest you, there's five books I would suggest you start reading. The first one, of course, is Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, It's a great book that helps you to to learn more about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. Most drifters are in a fixed mindset. And so if you can see that and see the ability to shift that over to a, to a growth mindset, that's a great beginning place. Another book is The Gift of Imperfection, because a lot of drifters also kind of lean into this perfectionism and some people pleasing. And so knowing that you actually do, don't have to be perfect, that actually through your imperfection, you are perfectly imperfect, um, opens up a whole nother way to think about the way you lead, the way you show up and the way that you are in your career. Another great book I like is called How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. And this talks about some of the detrimental habits (laughs) and myths that women buy into that keeps them from being successful. I actually did a podcast on that um, last season, toward the end of the season, about the four myths that just destroy our careers. Many of those myths are things that drifters may buy into. So I would definitely listen to that episode as well. Also, Self-Coaching 101 by Brooke Castillo, which is a great book. She actually talks about the coaching model that I talk about a lot. Um, I'm actually a master certified coach in that particular model. And so it's a great way to think about how to start thinking about your thoughts and how to be able to shift your mindset in a way that you to show that you have control over that, maybe in ways that you haven't thought before. The next book is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And again, this is like mandatory reading for anyone who works with me. Um, And this is a great book, too, about really learning how to lean into your zone of genius and understanding where you may be currently situated and how to move out of that into something much more powerful. And if you're new to my podcast, in addition to the episode I mentioned, I invite you to listen to episodes two, three, eight, and nine from season one. Those are great places to start to be able to expand your mind and think about something going into something different. Now, finally, please don't blame or judge yourself if you find that you're resonating with this level. It's all just awareness and you get to determine how you want to think and feel about it. Right. And so I invite you not to choose to beat yourself up and I invite you not to judge yourself negatively. You get to choose. Right. So consider it a win that you've gained the awareness and want to try something new. So there you have it. That's it for part one of my four part series Rebels. Next week, we're going to talk all about level two, the hustler level, which actually is where a lot more women find themselves. 
And listen, if you know some drifters out there in your life, share this episode with them and help them see there is another way. (laughs) However, don't be shocked if they tell you no thank you and don't take it personally either. (laughs) Until next week, listen, have an amazingly rebellious week and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this week's episode. Hey, and if you're loving what you're learning, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another episode. Also, don't forget to read the show notes and grab the free resources mentioned so you can start implementing what you're learning right away. Finally, are you ready to unlock your potential and fearlessly go after the career and life you want? Then join me and a community of other high-achieving women in midlife, stepping into new levels of leadership, switching it up to do the meaningful and fulfilling work they're meant to do, and glowing up by creating the systems of freedom to achieve their dreams in Fearless, the Career Rebel Academy. You'll find the link in the show notes. Simply fill out the application, and together, we'll determine if this is the right fit for you. I can't wait to see you there.